everybody. Welcome to the Ordinary Guide podcast, where we talk about discipleship and what it means to follow Jesus. Today, we're continuing our discussion about the Ordinary Guide, and we'll be covering the discipleship category of disciplines. I'm your host, Gabby. We're really glad you're with us, and let's get started. Hey guys, good morning. Good morning. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Welcome. Today we're jumping into disciplines. Disciplines. Right. Our final category of discipleship in the Ordinary Guide. Yes. Yes. So we're excited. So we'd love to actually start today by just sharing our definition of spiritual disciplines. Um, So we're saying that spiritual disciplines are uncomfortable practices that force us to face our limits, ask God for help, and become more like Jesus. Yeah, this is a big one. We all have experience with spiritual disciplines, disciplines if you've been following Jesus, and maybe we can just share really briefly um, what we grew up thinking and kind of where we're at now. Totally. Well, I grew up with something totally different than that definition. When I was introduced to spiritual disciplines, it was, hey, you got to read your Bible and know what that means. You have to pray and know what that means. But I wasn't really helped in learning how to do either of those things or even taught or explained what what that meant. It was just like, hey, here's a Bible, like read it Mm, and and then go pray and do that. And that's then how you somehow uh, follow Jesus and become like him and I don't know, just even earn God's favor in a lot of ways. So it was very much a, a perspective that was just like, hey, go do it and good luck. And hmm. that's that's kind of what spiritual disciplines were well, to me. So I felt very discouraged in them for a long time, very like even overwhelmed by hmm. what, what the heck am I supposed to be doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ruben, what about you? Uh, yeah, so I mean, my, my experience with spiritual disciplines was just reading and praying. There was no disciplines. It was just one and you always did it together. I think, um, I think for me, yeah, a lot of... A lot of performance in it. Uh, if I'm really honest, I think it was more about gaining knowledge. So I wanted to know the Bible and I wanted to use the Bible, specifically scripture, mm. for my advantage or for, um, I think, kind of leading, if not maybe even manipulating other people. Um, so my my experience with disciplines was very... Um, it it wasn't it wasn't the best. I I wasn't really sure why I did them. I I did them without. And and I even remember having experiences where I would feel bad for not reading my Bible or yeah. for not praying. That that would really kind of set me up for. Uh, yeah, that would really sort of set me up to lie just for failure, basically. Because mm, well. then I would just lie about saying, yeah, hey, I, I read my Bible or this is what I'm reading or this is how I prayed or what I prayed for. Yeah. Right. Or for me, I would just do it like really quick, like right before the Bible study meeting or right before whatever. I'd be oh, like, oh, okay, yeah. I'll just like read it real quick and I'll kind of say what I know what it means, but I don't actually right. know. Right. My experience was super similar to y'all's. And it was just basically like, if you're a serious Christian, you're doing the discipline, kind of what you're saying, Ruben. If you were like, if you're legit about following Jesus, then you are reading your Bible and you're praying. And even for me, that's where like the moralistic things came in, just like that kind of literal interpretation where it's like, well, you just don't do bad things. Right. So I, I imagine many people listening can have maybe some of a similar experience, right, in some way with that. Um, so maybe we can just jump back then to our definition again and share how that's different than kind of what we, we maybe took in initially or growing up. 
100%. Yeah. So our definition is spiritual disciplines are uncomfortable practices that force us to face our limits, ask God for help and become more like him. So what up front, what, what I think we want you to see is a few key things. The first is that these practices are uncomfortable. They're not natural. Learning to read your Bible, learning to pray are things that you actually like have to learn. And they're not just innate. They're disciplines, even for that reason, something that you have to discover. And it's not just those two things either, but there's a, a whole long, and vast uh, amount of spiritual disciplines, things like Sabbath, things like fasting, things like silence and solitude and generosity and all sorts of other disciplines that actually then are not about pride and shame, about how good you Mm. are, about how much you know, or about how bad you are, about how much you don't know or how much you can't do. But it actually, when you do these things, you're going to face a limit. You're actually going to realize, man, I'm I'm not the fullness of knowledge. I'm not the fullness mm-hmm. of being able to pray and commune with God. I'm not the fullness of fasting or Sabbath or rest or whatever. And I actually need God's help. Mm-hmm. I actually desperately need God's help. The the spiritual disciplines actually then are invitations for us to become like Jesus, not to bolster our own pride mm-hmm. or even just feel bad about ourselves and then have to lie. But it's an opportunity, an invitation to face our limit, ask God for help, and then in doing that process, become more like Jesus, relying Mm. more on God's power and presence for the fullness of our life, the fullness of our discipleship. Mm, Right. You know, Hunter, I really appreciate what you're saying because it's helping us expand even one of the paradigm shifts we shared earlier, which is process over performance. And that's huge in terms of even something like disciplines, which maybe in our context can feel so performative. So as we're kind of Connecting that to, hey, this is process, these uncomfortable practices. So help me understand, Hunter, how scripture supports the participation of disciplines. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think the the overall narrative of scripture is all about humanity facing its limits and then being invited to ask God for help and rely on him completely. We see this from the very beginning in the garden that even in humanity's creation, they are reliant on God and on his presence and on his care for them. What we see then is God rescue his people after that in the story of Israel, that not only does God appear to his people in grace and the patriarchs, like we've talked about in many of our previous episodes, but then specifically in the story of Exodus, we see God's people desperate. We see them in need. We see them in need of help. And we see a God who comes through, rescues them, saves them miraculously, but then walks his people through a new way of life that is totally reliant on him. And he Mm. then actually institutes a way of living, a way of being, and even what I think we could call disciplines into their community, Mm. into their practices of how they can become a type of people that learn to rely on God Mm. in their weakness, in their dependence, Mm. not to rely on themselves, not to rely on the other gods of the cultures around them, but how they can rely on God himself. So what we see God institute, even in the law, the law is for their good. It's for their freedom. It's for their flourishing. We see them institute ways to pray, ways to come and to commune and to ask God for help. We see God, even scripture is very different in scripture because mm. the Bible isn't written yet, of course, as we have it yeah, today. Right, I mean, right. it's it's being played out in the story of human history. And what God essentially is telling his people to do is to remember the story, remember who God is, remember what he's done, remember mm. his mission, remember who they are. So we see this communal coming together to read from the, the Torah. We, we see God's people come together to recall and remember what God had done in their past and, and it was even doing currently among them. So there's this institution of, 
times to come together and remember. We see the Sabbath as this mm. crucial discipline that we see God call his people to participate in weekly. That was so important to teach them that, hey, you you rely on God for everything. You don't rely on Pharaoh. You don't rely on your own work. You're not a slave anymore. Instead, you belong to me. And I'm actually going to remind you of that week in and week mm. out as you wow. take one day a week to not work in an agrarian culture. That would have been crazy. Mm. But to actually say, hey, we're very weak. We're very limited. We're in need. God, would you help us? And weekly, God is reminding his people, mm. yes, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to provide for you. So wow. what I see in scripture and what God doing, even in the Old Testament, before we even get to Jesus, is this invitation to humanity to learn, to embrace and face their limits, face their weakness, but then rely on God mm. and wow. his presence for help. That's huge. So that's maybe just kind of the start of the story, right? It's like, you know, scripture is telling us the story of God, the story of salvation. And so maybe flesh that out for me. How does that connect to Jesus? Yeah, well, it connects to Jesus then in his coming to fulfill these things. What I go to mm. first is uh, the story when Jesus begins his ministry in Luke, when Jesus unrolls the scroll of Isaiah. So right there, you see him again pointing to scripture, which again, isn't just, hey, go read your Bible and understand everything, but him showing that he himself is the fulfillment of that scripture mm. and then saying that, hey, good news has come and it's all coming to me. And what I really think Jesus is doing is he's fulfilling these things and showing how all the spiritual disciplines point to him and ultimately mm. find their like fulfillment in him and reliance on him. That's what I see. Yeah, Ruben, what about, what about you? Um, yeah, I, I would say, so So I, I, think, I think Jesus still practices spiritual discipline. So this is interesting, right? Because he still reads scripture or Torah. He still prays. He still mm -hmm. goes into silence. He still goes into solitude. Right. I think these... I think these habits that he has, they they have a way of aligning him to the will of the Father. He's he's able to keep in step with his Father in a way that that I think if he doesn't do spiritual disciplines, can, he can easily become uh, maybe mm. confused or if not distracted from mm. what his what his mission actually is. So all of these spaces, and I mean, you even think about the temptation of Jesus. Uh, here's Jesus. He ends 40 days of prayer and fasting, and then he he is driven by the Holy Spirit into the desert. And it's there that he is so in tune with the Father that he's able to respond, ironically, with Scripture, uh, with with you know, uh, uh, I think it's just, uh, Deuteronomy mostly that he pulls from, and and he's able to respond in a way that keeps him aligned with the father hmm. with the will of the father and what the father wants and that that really stands out to me i mean that there hmm. there's something really special there because in in so doing he's showing us that these disciplines they are uncomfortable nobody wants to go into the desert nobody hmm, wants sure to be yeah. hungry nobody mm -hmm. wants to uh, have a longing for uh, for for rest while you want to work nobody wants to do those hmm. things but they he he shows us that in them we can ask Yahweh for help. We can face our limits. Most of us have this complex that we can overachieve or that we're here to save the world. So we face our limits. And then in, in so doing, yeah, we, we follow the model that I think Jesus sets before us, which is a big win.
That's awesome. Thanks, you guys, for really unpacking that for us. And maybe we can, you know, take that the next step further. We see scripture in the life of Jesus, you know, really laying out for us what it means to have these disciplines. And so maybe we can just kind of talk about how do we practice this? Hunter, can you start that for us? Yeah, well, we practice it. At least I'll just share from my own experience. I practice, I've had to learn how to practice this by, yeah, again, reframing around our paradigm that this is a process, not a performance. So even Mm. when I go into thinking about spiritual disciplines, I have to remind myself of that because that was so ingrained in me for so many different reasons. I have to very consciously remind myself, hey, this, this is all a process of God forming me to become more like Jesus, not me performing for God. So I think it just starts with that paradigm mm, shift right. when I approach scripture or when I approach prayer or when I approach fasting or when I approach Sabbath. And so all of it starts really for me by just having to remind myself, honestly, of the gospel that I'm safe and secure with Jesus, not because of my ability to do these disciplines, mm. but because of what Jesus has done for me. And therefore now I'm invited actually in freedom to face my limits, to face my weaknesses and to ask God for help. So for me, the starting place really is like a constant reminder of paradigm, a constant having to like go back and just work that into my heart, work that into my mind, work that into my experience then as I go to start practicing them. Because if I miss that up front, I'm, my temptation is to always be skewed and then to start mm. to think like, wait a second, okay, I have to get this right. I have to do the spiritual discipline well. It has to go a certain way and I have to even get something from it right now that that I want or that's very specific to me. So mm-hmm. for me, it, it really yeah. does start with, with that perspective. Perspective. What, what about you, Ruben? Um, so I, I, if I, if I take a brief inventory of what my disciplines are like right now, I mean, I'm, I'm teaching my daughter how to pray and how to ask for help. Um, you know, I was maybe I was raised, but, but probably not the most intentionally to be like, Hey, you pray before you go to bed. And, um, I want, I want Haddon to do that, but I also don't want her to only do that. And I never want it to become ritualistic. So there are, there are moments where, uh, she may not pray or we may not pray in the evening, but, but it's, but when, when we do the languages, Hey God, we just recognize we need your help today. This is what we're thankful for. It's become very formative for me. And I bring it up because I think that, um, my, my version of prayer or how I pray has really had to sort of be deconstructed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, there are people who tell God what he already knows. So like, there's the person who prays and are like, God, you know, like the heart of these people mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, why are you telling God what he already knows? I've, mm-hmm. I've had to practice actually even just saying significantly less in my prayer yeah. and it, that being okay because I mm. was I was raised that the heartier your prayer was, the more loud your prayer was or even the uh, maybe the more intellectually sounding your prayer was, the better your mm. prayer was wow. and thereby the more that God heard it. But really all it was was you're just showing off to people that are around you. Mm. So it makes sense for me t- these days to pray with very few words to um, to almost pray like my toddler and to have just those two things. God, this is what I'm really thankful for and this is where I just really need your help. Can you help me? Um, I make it a point to not pray and this is just for me right now and, and even for Haddon as we're trying to teach her what it means to just be content. Um, but I make it a point not to pray for things that I want or things that I need even. And um, I just, I, I, the scripture tells us to do that. So I'm not saying that that's bad, but just where I'm at, as I take inventory of, say, prayer, I'm realizing that that's just not, 
that's not a space that I'm entering into right now. Instead, I'm just trying to have these two things focus in, in prayer. And so in as much as I'm praying with Haddon, I'm also praying um, uh, as a as a just an individual and trying yeah. to make sense of what that looks like. Uh, as far as scripture reading goes, um, my scripture reading has has taken all sorts of forms. I mean, it's hard to separate scripture reading from preaching. And so I, I did that mm, for yeah. nine years and that was a lot and that was crazy. Um, and then over the last year, I feel like I have to re-engage scripture in a way I've never had to re-engage it. And that is that mm. I'm, I'm not in charge of a preaching calendar anymore. So if I'm just really honest, that's been hard. I feel like I'm it's sort of like, you know, you're dating somebody again, but in a little bit of a different context. And um, that's just been very different for me. I, I simultaneously started seminary. And so that's been, mm-hmm. uh, I, now I kind of have that excuse, I guess, that I read scripture for that reason. But I'm I'm trying really hard to focus on, on when I read scripture, I want to read it as fast as I possibly can. And that's been really life-giving to me and very new. I'm not interested in the details or I'm not interested in a word that was used. I just want to read it as fast mm. as I can and get through as, as much of it as I, as I can just as a way to kind of honor the the narrative in, in the same way that you wouldn't read like The Hobbit and part out the word the in The Hobbit. You would just say like, <laughs> oh yeah, I want to read this. It's a good book and I'm mm. enthralled and that's I want cool. to see where it goes. That's really interesting you say that because for me, scripture reading has been actually the opposite in this last season where mm. I've slowed way down where I've, my goal of the last few years are like read the Bible in a year. I have to read the Bible in a year. Like that's the thought. And so then every morning I have a few chapters and like the checklist and what that always became for me was a checklist. And what I actually learned even at what I was doing is I was reading it in ways that would kind of discourage the story. Like as I've learned more about the Old Testament, it was designed in a way to tell a story that even like you're saying, Ruben, you would need to like read it in different chunks than just like two chapters a day. And so mm-hmm. for me, it's to actually learn what some of those original like chapters were, if you will, not like our modern chapters that the the printing press, you know, folks came up with and put together, but actually like the original author way of like telling the story, but then to actually like take in that story and to be okay with going slower and to not have to read the whole Bible this year has been really life-giving mm. to me. Gabby, I'm curious for you, what what do spiritual disciplines look like for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think some of the most joyful times of spiritual disciplines for me over the past few years have been doing them with our small groups at Salt Rock called DNA groups. Just awesome moments of praying together and just, you know, feeling God's spirit and participating and encouraging each other. Just huge to have that discipline. And that was so such a shift for me to, to move from something isolated to something done in a group practice. So that's been just really joyful. I think kind of as we're sharing how things are shifting for us, you know, I think even something like fasting is something that for me, I see myself leaning into as even just something that maybe, you know, is a challenge for me has been, you know, just for some practical reasons in my life, but mm-hmm. also something I'd love to continue to lean into as we're talking about these kind of uncomfortable limits. You know, fasting is such a practical way to really feel that. Um, yeah. It's kind of what's coming up for me. Yeah, right it totally now. makes me think of what a guy in uh, my DNA group from this last year. He said, we, we tried fasting as a group cool. and he'd never done it before and was kind of hesitant at first and was asking questions about it. But then he tried it and he said that that was like the most... Um, like he said, you know, he was using the words like spiritual, like experience mm. and like connection with God that I've had. He said that totally like enriched my, my prayer that made me realize like it, it just brought things to the surface in my, in my life and in my heart and just gave me an, another level of clarity. And he mm. just said that was so profound. So what I would say to that is there's actually
actually many more spiritual disciplines than just reading your Bible and praying. And that's one of the things too that we want to mm-hmm. invite you to take inventory in and recover is that mm-hmm. for a season, it actually could be silence and solitude. That again, instead of talking to God as much as you can, it's, hey, learn the practice of being silent for five minutes just to be silent before God and to mm-hmm. just see then what that's like in that weakness and that limit and how can God meet you in that help. Hey, what does it look like to yeah fast for one meal uh, a week and take that meal and just become aware of where, where, where do I normally just distract myself or rely on food or rely on myself? Mm. And now actually I'm realizing I'm weak and I actually now I'm drawn more to rely on God mm-hmm. or even Sabbath. I mean, I've Sabbath has been the most uncomfortable and annoying practice in my life over the last, <laughs> over the last two years, having kids, learning to have babies. We have a two-year-old and a couple month old. And I love the idea and this vision of Sabbath. To me, it, it looks like this picture perfect, like candlelit dinner and, and there's mm. just peace and there's calm and I'm an introvert. I just get this like time alone by myself and it's all refreshed. It's like a spa day, you know, somehow. (laughs) But really what I've experienced Sabbath to be is all of like the anxiety about my work, all of the anxiety about ministry, all of the wanting to be a better version of myself, like all of it. I, I, it is so hard for me to stop. It is so hard for me to rest. And what I find in it then is an invitation to rely on God all the more, an mm-hmm. invitation to have to rely on God and not just keep distracting myself, not just be busy, not just live my life trying to rely on myself, but really saying, I'm going to stop. I'm going to mm-hmm. learn to rely on God, even though this is very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge. And thanks for mm-hmm. sharing that. And I think even what you're starting to take us to, Hunter, is something we'd love to really you know, kind of encourage people to do is there's, there is some encouragement, right? To shift this paradigm and to experience disciplines in a way that is joyful and there's freedom and kind of have a different approach or perspective to mm-hmm. our disciplines. So Hunter, you kind of started to take us there. Um, Ruben, I'm wondering if anything was coming up for you right now as we start to talk about just having the shift for a different approach or perspective to mm-hmm. disciplines. Sure. I mean, I think I think it's worth noting that our uh, doing spiritual disciplines like I'm going to do them for the rest of my life and there's going to be there's going to be times that I do them where they're more connecting to Yahweh and then times that I do them when they just don't feel connecting at all to Yahweh and and I I I feel like that's okay. I don't I don't know yeah. that that's a bad thing at all. I think that um well, the that's what defines actually spiritual discipline. So moments of no connection are what define moments of connection and vice versa. And so I, th- I think if that's true, then there's a good amount of freedom from performance. I mean, I, mm. I don't, I don't think that, that Yahweh is, is, paying special attention to people who read their Bible in a year. Um, and mm. for that, I don't even know that people who read their Bible in a year have any advantage over people who read their Bible in a lifetime. Um, I, I think it's all, it's, it's a, um, it, it's a, these things are, what we're saying is that these things are a tool to help us become more like Jesus. And so there are right. times where, Hey, yeah, reading it as fast as you can helps you become more like Jesus. And then there are times where parting out some word for a week help us become more like Jesus. Mm. There are times when fasting one meal helps us become more like Jesus, and then fasting ten meals helps us become more like Jesus. So I just I think that I want to say that it's okay to learn or relearn, and and even that it's okay to 
it's okay to do something and feel like that just didn't work for me because it doesn't limit the grace of, of Yahweh. Neither does mm-hmm. it limit, I think, the love of Yahweh that he has for us or for you for that matter. Mm-hmm. So, so I would just yes. say because of that, like, hey, it's, it's, um, it, it's okay to be in process with these things mm-hmm. and, and actually be it fasting. Maybe you've never even fasted before. How many, I don't, if I had to guess, probably like one out of every two Christians has never even fasted mm-hmm. um, at least. Uh, it's okay to learn that. And what does it look mm. like just for maybe a month to say, hey, I just want to learn this. And this week, I'm just going to find one meal to be intentional about. My, my favorite thing is breaking fasts personally, mm. especially when it comes to like, you know, one of the things it says about fasting is literally no one is supposed to know that you're fasting. Literally mm-hmm. no yep. one except the Father, unless you receive your reward from people versus from Yahweh. And um, I mean, it's always fun for me to be like, yeah, I intended to fast, but I'm going to break this because it's just this... It's this unique dynamic here, and and yeah. but but I'm still mindful of Yahweh, and mm. I still feel connected to Yahweh, and I still feel like I'm I'm aligning myself in an uncomfortable practice with the heart of of Yahweh. Yeah, so, mm. those would be some of my thoughts. I love that. I love that, and I because I love what you're getting at there, which is the heart of this is to become like Jesus and to rely on and and be with God. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm in a spot where I I want to get up not super early and have hours of prayer in the morning, but just a few minutes before the kids get up just to center myself for the day and be silent and just pray through some of what I'm feeling and take inventory of my day. But there's so many times that the baby interrupts that, interrupts that. And and mm. the thought is like, okay, oh, you know, right. what do I do? Like, what do Did I do now? Happen. Like my, my, if I'm in that performance mindset, it's like, well, I, I better get this 10 mm-hmm. minutes, you know, with God so that my whole day is okay. And totally. that I'm, you know, a good disciple and that I grow to be more like Jesus. But yeah. actually some of the most powerful moments of, of prayer then have been like, God, the baby's crying. Hmm. And could you just help me? Could you help me to comfort him? And then I'll try to pray a little bit with him or like, okay, God, I, you, you get it. I'll, I'll pray later. Or, you know, we'll talk later, you know, but just being hmm. honest about whatever's coming up and, ex- and experience that actually invites me to the heart of the father. It actually invites me into a more honest uh, process and reality of, of God engaging in me to me where I really am, not who I'm pretending to be or trying to be. And I, and I think it, it just as much as Jesus practices these things, he also like violently opposes. Well, maybe that's too strong. Maybe not violently opposes, but Mm -hmm. he opposes the hyper-religiosity of his day, of people who have tried to rob spiritual disciplines or or manipulate them or take them to to twist them, to use them for their own piety, for their own gain, for their own even like, look at me and how great I am and you have to be like me and you're not doing it right. Like Jesus opposes that when it comes to Sabbath, when it comes to prayer, when it comes to fasting. It's ironic because the the heart of it is so good and so Mm. beautiful and Jesus fulfills it and even lives in it and practices it but then he opposes the the perspective and the paradigm that tries to tries to pull the very best things that can draw us into the presence of God then are the things that get warped to Hmm. to actually like most distort it I think and I think that's why Jesus is against when the Pharisees are telling people hey yeah pray on the street corner and look at me and Hmm. be like me hey fast and tell everyone how great you are Jesus is like you are completely missing the point you're completely missing the point and he's very explicit about that and I think for us too then in in our discipleship it is to be invited to a more honest and even secretive practice and discovery of this and Hmm. even humble then like you're saying in community so yeah I, I just I find it like we've been saying so so much freedom and that would be my hope to to even recover as as we follow Jesus in in this paradigm of the ordinary guide over the long run mm-hmm. is to say hey i i want to become like Jesus over the the long run in these right. things right i love what you guys are saying and i kind of just want to 
park right there as we start to end our conversation for the day because it's like making me think of you know exactly what you guys are saying that having this shift is so freeing and I think that's what I experienced in my small group you know those those two years ago as we went through the disciplines that to kind of break through what we thought it had to be this performance or even perfection of fasting has to look this way prayer has to look this way whereas there is this freedom and encouragement that y'all have been unpacking for those who are participating in these disciplines to become like Jesus so Kind of as we stay there and as we end there, I think that's my encouragement for those listening is kind of what's been good news to you. What has been that reframe as you hear things of like praying or fasting, um, silence and solitude, right? These things that maybe you've had an idea of how they have to be perfection versus what is that encouragement of a reframe of how there's freedom in that for you as you're participating in this discipline with God's spirit following Yahweh as you follow Jesus, you know? So that's my encouragement for those listening. I don't, Hunter, I see you nodding. I don't know if there's something you want to unpack on that. Well, it's just, it's that great final question and inventory to the ordinary guide. And that's why we have this for you is to take inventory of, Mm -hmm. hey, what does spiritual disciplines look like for me in this season? I love what you were saying, Ruben. Yeah. Like what's the right pace? What's the right time? Even which discipline? I mean, it's the point again is we'll do this for the rest of our life, but today I'm able to take one step and it's that one step. So it's the the, the two pits, right? Or don't take any steps. Like don't do that. Don't, Don't stay stuck, but also don't then go sprinting off ahead. Like take that one step to become more like Jesus, take that inventory in the ordinary guide mm-hmm. and, you know, do that with, do that with somebody. Exactly. That, yeah. yeah. What are you learning? What's taking in that's good news and who can you share that with? Is it just in a moment in prayer with God of a reframe? Is it sharing with a friend, a spouse, a sibling, a, a parent? Like who's just someone you can share that with and start a conversation that is so needed for all of us to break that that kind of hold of perfection or performance on disciplines and have that reality of becoming like Jesus through kind of embracing limit and embracing the joy that is found in these disciplines. Yeah. So I think that'd be kind of what we maybe can end on today. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody for joining us. We're so glad that you were here and we hope that listening to our conversation gave you permission to go at your own pace and follow Jesus. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast. You know, we've loved recording these for you and sharing just about the ordinary guide with you. You can follow us on Instagram as well, which, um, which is our handle is at the ordinary underscore guide. You can find that guide and other resources on our website, which is www.theordinaryguide.com. And be sure to join us for our next season as we continue on our next um, kind of breaking down and expanding of the ordinary guide. We are so excited for that next season, excited for you to join us, and we will see you there. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. We're so glad that you were here. Again, we had a lot of fun discussing. I'm sure we could talk for a lot longer about all of these things. But we really hope that even just in listening today, it gave you the permission to go at your own pace as you follow Jesus.